Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hey guys, it's Bobby from the Schooner Pod. As you know, the college football offseason is rapidly approaching us, which means the Schooner Pod is nearing its hiatus. However, that doesn't mean the content has to end. So we've launched a new pod specifically for the offseason, the Off the Wagon Podcast, which you are actually listening to right now. In true offseason fashion, this pod will have a bit of a sandbox-style structure. The topics might change from pod to pod depending on what's going on. Did the Thunder go on a big run? Was there a big movie release that we really just have to talk about? Is OU basketball picking up steam, perhaps? All of those could be podcasts. The crew structure will also be a little bit different than our standard schooner pod. While my co-host, Jameson Maxwell, will appear as often as possible on the show, there will be sort of a rotation when it comes to who will be on the show. We'll hear from new voices, some old voices. Overall, we'll have some fun, get a little creative with it. In today's show, my good friend Ty Lee joins me as we rank our top 10 favorite college football traditions. It's an incredible ride. You're going to love it. Enough disclaimers. Let's get started. Welcome to Off the Wagon. Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Off the Wagon podcast uh, presented by the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. Here with me today is uh, is a good old friend of mine, Ty Lee, uh, huge college football uh, aficionado. Um, Ty, today, as you obviously know, we compiled a list. Uh, uh, we are looking at our top 10 favorite college football traditions. As you know, it's not the offseason yet, but you know what? It's really damn boring not having any football to talk about. So, hey, we decided to kind of make up our own thing. Yeah. Pretty much. I've been I know I've been bugging you about this for a while, so I I think it's a really neat uh subject, so I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, for sure. I mean I I feel like college football the thing that sets it apart from every other sport is just weird little traditions. Uh each school has some special and these are our cream of the crop, the top ten that that at least I think uh are my favorite. Um but yeah, we've we've talked about doing this all season, hadn't really had an opportunity to you know, bring it up. So what better time to do it than when a bunch of Mac and Sunbelt teams are beating each other up. So we'll um, hear the rules, just a couple guidelines, uh, no OU included because, well, that wouldn't be very, I mean, that, that's just kind of obvious. We're obviously going to pick an OU one. So um, no OU and uh, no, you can, you can only have one tradition per school. So um even though some of the traditions might be more well-known, we picked the ones that we like best. Yeah, I, I definitely tried to pick some uh, some lesser-known ones. And uh, like you were talking about earlier, I tried to pick some that were, were very unique to college football and things that you just don't see in, in the NFL or in other sports, really. 
Exactly. And that, that's just what makes it great. So, Ty, uh, you get the honors. You kick us off with your number 10. Okay, so my number 10 is uh, one that I have personally experienced. It is the Mississippi State Cowbell. So uh, oh I think it's a pretty neat tradition. Uh, as far as I'm aware, they're, they're one of the few, if not the only D1 school, that has an exemption for artificial noisemakers <laughs> in their stadium. And that is because, and, and they are very, the, the Mississippi State fans are very proud of this. They, there's a very strict set of rules about when they're allowed to use them. And uh, they very strictly adhere to that. And that has kind of been one of the reasons why the SEC and the NCAA allows them to, uh, to continue to use them. So a little, uh, little backstory on it. Uh, the popular legend is that uh, during a home football game between Mississippi State and, uh, and Ole Miss, a, uh, a cow wandered onto the field because uh, Mississippi State in, a, in Starkville, Mississippi, is not a very populated area. It, it would make uh, it makes um, Stillwater look like uh, L.A. So it's oh god, it's a pretty rural area. Uh, so a cow wanders onto the field, and uh, it it has a little cowbell on because this is back in the day. And he, uh, I guess, it was near the start of the game, and they shoo the cow off the field. And uh, Mississippi State ends up pretty soundly defeating Ole Miss that day. And the the Mississippi State fans immediately adopt the cow as kind of their, their good luck charm and their mascot. So they brought that same cow to the games for a while. And they eventually discontinued that practice. I, I think the cow probably passed away. Probably. And then people just started bringing originally just that cow's bell. And then people started bringing their own cowbells. And, uh, and then in the 60s, a couple of uh, Mississippi State professors figured out, hey, we can, we can shake these louder and, and have a, make a lot more noise if we weld on some bicycle handlebars. So if you ever look at a, a Mississippi State cowbell, they have a little a bike handlebar on them. And I never noticed that. substantial bell. And uh, so they welded the handles on them, and they can ring them super loud. And uh, it's really neat. Pretty much every Mississippi State fan has a couple. They uh, they decorate them, and uh, you can get custom made ones, you know, in the hundreds of dollars, or or just a little cheap one. I'm pretty sure I have four or five laying around at my parents' house back in Mississippi. So, I, I think it's a really neat tradition, uh, just with the artificial noisemakers and and getting away with it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. If the getting away with it part's the best part. If they were banned, they wouldn't be nearly as fun. But uh, I saw that the uh, Outback Bowl's letting them letting them uh, bring them. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's it's neat. And it I think the big thing is is like I said, if you notice, they don't just ring them recklessly all the time. They their fans are very disciplined with when they use them. And it uh, it really enhances the game, especially if you get to go to a a home game there, which is it's a decent atmosphere. I, I don't remember what the stadium is called. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't I've been a few think... times. It's a cool atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, it's always looked pretty fun, and you know, I've I've always kind of wanted to. See, it's one of the SEC traditions I've always wanted to see, and one of the things I like about the SEC is it seems like each school, even if you're you know Mississippi State or I think Vanderbilt might have something. Pretty much anyone but Vanderbilt has something cool. Um, so uh, that's, that's I was going to say Vanderbilt has the train, but that's Purdue. Yeah, yeah. That, that Vanderbilt's uh, longstanding tradition is um, being that irrelevant that we keep mixing them up with Purdue. I, 
I think it's the colors. Like, I just have this constant state of confusion as to whether or not Vanderbilt, Purdue, and Wake Forest are different places, or if they're just nicknames for the same place. I, I'm sorry. I see. Honestly, I've never. I'm seen really any, not sure. I've never seen any, any three of them, so I can't confirm it. So I, I, I honestly might just be the same place, just copy and pasted throughout the uh, middle of America. I, I'm convinced that they are. Uh, they're a real life version of just the generic made up schools from NCAA football. <laughs> yes, like FCS, uh, like South or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're the placeholder schools. Oh my gosh! Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so my number ten. Uh, I okay. Looking at this, I don't know if it's one of the ten best traditions in college football, but it's one of my ten favorite things uh, in college football for sure. Uh, Toledo has a rocket at, in their stadium that's aimed at Bowling Green's fifty-yard line, and uh, apparently, like, it, it's not a live rocket, but it has the coordinates that it would land on there, uh, like right in the middle. So, anytime, anytime you aim something at at an, at an opposing school, I think that's cool. Uh, Texas Tech has a uh, statue of Will Rogers with the cow's butt is aimed toward A and M. I think that's cool, but this is a—I mean, this is a rocket. That's pretty great. Yeah, that's really—I I didn't know about that actually. Yeah, it's it's good old. I, there aren't a lot of like huge traditions that get noticed in the MAC, but this probably—that's probably it for me in terms of uh, one of the coolest obscure ones because that's just. Is it like an engineering school? Is that why that's a thing? I see. I don't really. I know almost nothing about it, but they have a. Uh, I know they're they're. I think they're the Toledo Rockets. I don't. I they. Have, I know they have a rocket as their. Yeah. Uh, mascot because I've, you know, NCAA football and stuff. Um, but what are they? What, what type of school? I are think they? they're the Rockets. Rocket sounds right. I just. Yeah, it's yeah. They're the Rockets, but yeah, they. I, I think more than anything, it's just like, yeah, it's our name. So we have a have a missile la- aimed at your campus. Where is it? Is it in there? Is it in like a notable, like, can you go see the missile? Is it like a, a statue on uh, campus? I, I think it's on their stadium. Hold on. That'd be really cool. Um, I, I'm imagining something like Futureland in Disney as oh, their yeah. stadium. It's it's right out it's right outside of their uh, stadium. <laughs> it's like it's like in a position that's ready to launch. Oh my gosh! Their also their stadium is called the Glass Bowl. That's strange. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, it just it's it's right there. <laughs> it's that's, neat. that's that's what I love about college football, though. Like neat traditions like that. Yeah, uh, it, and honestly, it's I mean it's it's cool like. I mean, some schools vandalize other, you know, uh, statues or mascot. Toledo just wants to blow up your uh, your campus. I guess I don't. I don't yes. know. Yeah. That's awesome. Do not do not uh, mess. With, don't mess with Toledo, man. Anyways, uh, what's your what's your ninth? Okay, so this is one that was gonna be on one of our lists, just because I know that you and I think it's it's really neat. I don't have a a whole lot of backstory or history on it. I don't really think it requires any. That is the the singing of Dixieland Delight at uh, at Bama. I know that this was discontinued recently. They brought it back this year for like a test to see if people wouldn't cuss. I don't think it worked. I don't know if it did work. I really didn't follow up on this like I should have. They they but... pipe in music. They pipe in crowd noise, yelling like "Roll Tide" over 
whenever they just say See, F. It's not a good tradition if they just yell Roll Tide in between all the verses. Like, that's not what makes it good. But it's only it's only at two spots. Two spots. Uh, yeah, it's a, a, a holder up tight the against obvious the obvious spots. They, yeah. they yeah they were moved against the wall, and instead of you know f Auburn, it's beat Auburn. Which I mean, whatever. I, I mean, I, if I were a Bama fan, I would probably accept that compromise to keep it playing, because it's really neat when they all do it. But so I guess it it started in the early nineties. And and I guess this was just a popular song at the time. And uh, the fans started singing it. Eventually they got the band to play along. And the uh, the new verses didn't show up until a couple years in. So they were originally just singing Dixieland Delight because they liked this song. Um, I guess, and then from what I was able to, to determine on the internet, when the band started playing it, that's when they picked up these new verses to sing because, you know, there wasn't any music with the band music so but I, I think it's a really cool tradition it's a fun song so yeah it's it's always funny to me because you know they uh they mentioned tennessee in the song like in the actual song it, it's well, set in the tennessee 90s. they they came up with this in the 90s like oh yeah no no oh, no, no, no you I, gotta remember that that tennessee is only when's the last time they won a championship like, 1998 it, yeah see they're only a couple years off the last time ou won one so i mean Oh no, I, I I get why the you know why and Tennessee two's in there, but like in the actual song, you know they're like rolling down backwoods Tennessee byway. So like they're on a they're hanging out on the Tennessee highway. I'm like that's it's an away game. That's, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, I could see that. Yeah, they're they're going. It's the second Saturday October. You know. Yeah. They got they got their cigars. They're uh, yeah. That makes sense. I I can I can deal with that. Um, speaking of, speaking of teams that used to be relevant in the nineties and now are not at all, uh, oh, my no. number nine, my number nine is Nebraska's tunnel walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, now everyone has, this, this is kind of like, everyone now has a, you know, a whole walkout tradition, but Nebraska was the one who really popularized it. They were one of the first teams to have a really nice video board. They come out to, uh, they come out to Sirius, which is, uh, this Alan Parsons pop project song that was very, it's very popular as the Bulls intro when they had Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all like tap this, this horseshoe. And I guess they, all these Nebraska fans are out, out front. The whole thing's wild. Release a whole bunch of balloons, all nine yards. It's, it's, You've been, it's, right? it's, yeah, I have, uh, 2009, the last time OU was in Lincoln and we had no idea. And Dominican oh, wow. Sue, and Dominican Sue just, killed poor landry jones it was yeah. it was a mess <laughs> it was it was one of those games that was just like that's what i'm probably gonna remember landry for the most is just that awful game against uh sue in nebraska but that's anyways, funny. yeah that's neat i i was not aware that nebraska was kind of at the forefront of the the whole tunnel walkout thing it's kind of funny to think of Nebraska at the forefront of anything right now, but you know, that's, I know I guess, they really used to be though. It's, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, times change, man. It's they pretty... had a Bama like run in the nineties. Yeah, no, they they had a really good run. Like that, the, those nineties Osborne teams were some of the best teams of all time. Yeah, it's sad. I wish they were better. Yeah, I wish they were better. I wish they were still in the Big Twelve. But hey, what are you gonna do? All right. Yeah. Uh, so, what's your number eight? All right, so for my number eight, I 
Hang on a second. I may have just accidentally deleted my number eight. Uh oh, <laughs> that's no good. Yeah, give me a second here. Okay. We will just. Okay, we'll... so I'm just gonna skip. I'm gonna skip ahead and okay. something else. Um, so my for number eight, I'm gonna go with uh, with Old Crimson for College Game Day. This has been a big thing, you know, being away, not being able to go to games. I've been watching College Game Day a good amount. So uh, this has been really neat. I, I think everyone is kind of familiar with the backstory of Old Crimson, which is Washington State's uh, now official, originally unofficial flag on College Game Day. So on a, a kookfan.com, which I guess is like Washington State's online forum, uh, these fans back in 2003 when game day was in its infancy, wanted game day to come to Washington state. And uh, this guy, Tom Pound's got to give him credit. Uh, liked the idea and drove from Albuquerque, New Mexico to Austin, Texas with a, a handmade flag that his wife had made with a, uh, with a Cougars logo on it and crimson. And uh, it just kind of caught on and they've been flying it for, uh, for 15 straight years plus now and counting. And uh, it all kind of culminated for them on, on October 18th when they got game day there. And uh, it was a huge deal for them. And uh, it, it's just really neat. It's neat to see the dedication of that fan base and the, the hundreds of different people who, who go out of their way and drive hours on weekends. to. And it's not just it's not like bring an Washington state flag like it is. This flag is driven all around the nation. Um, which I think makes it even cooler that uh, there's a, a dedicated alumni group that is not getting on TV and is is driving during the week to get this thing from uh, from from place to place. So you know, like when it went from Washington State to Florida, uh, a group of alumni hand drove that flag all the way down to Florida from Washington to get it flown. So that's that's just pretty neat to me, and uh, I think it's an awesome tradition. It oh, yeah. embodies college football. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's when you think about it, putting that much in effort in for 250 straight weeks of of a show just to get your 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 school's flag on TV. That's awesome. Like Washington State, there's not much to do in Pullman and they're not, you know, the most glamorous thing ever, but you know what? Like they have they have some dedication. I I I got to give them that respect. So, shout yeah. shout shout out Wazoo. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's awesome. All right, my number eight. Uh, this is actually a pretty great one. Blake will appreciate it. Is uh, the Riff Ram <laughs> chant at TCU? Oh my uh, goodness! Yeah, I, have, I don't know if you ever heard of this thing, but it's one of the most no, bizarre. I have, I have a video on my phone of New Year's of, of Blake doing it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that. He he was all fired up. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's one of the most. Uh, okay, I. For years, I thought it was just really stupid, and then I realized that it started originally as a mock. As they they started doing it uh, as a thing to mock Texas A and M in their yell uh, practice stuff, you know. Oh, so that really makes it. <laughs> it's a it's a Texas A and M parody, which is just that's hilarious. <laughs> so they're just I I thought they're just saying nonsense, but no, they're just they're just making fun of A and M, which is automatically makes it great in my book. Um, but it, it it's always funny watching watching these kids uh, try to do it, but also look cool at the same time because it's impossible <laughs> to do that because they're like doing this weird little hammer motion. I don't know. I, 
Yeah, it's like a it's like a downward punch thing. It it looks. I don't know how to describe it. I I think I have an idea of how to describe it, but I don't think it's uh, podcast safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It looks like something uh, people would do in their personal time, but yeah. <laughs> that's. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, that's that's enough to tease you. Talk. Moving on. What do you got yeah, next? Okay. Okay. So for my for my number seven, um, I deleted my notes on it, but I remember them pretty well. My number seven is Florida State's chop. Now, bear with me here, and I'll, I'll explain to you why this made my list in, in this high. So that the chop itself, I have always thought was just so like silly and, and dumb. I never liked it until I was doing research the other week for this podcast, and I researched the backstory of the chop, and now I think it is deserving of my number seven spot. So according to some shaky internet sources, but I got multiple sources saying this. Uh, the chop originated, I knew the year, but I deleted that a second ago. I don't know how to get it back on notes. So it originated in like the 80s or the 90s because they wanted kind of a hand motion to go with their like Native American yell, which is, you know, looking back from from today's lens, it's hard to think that there was a time where they had that chant without the chop, but I guess they did. And someone felt that that they wanted a hand motion that would kind of get the crowd more involved and get them more into the chant. So they were kind of bouncing around a few different hand motions. And, and this is according to multiple websites. The fraternities at Florida State came up with this, the chop motion, like the tomahawk motion. Yeah. And the student section started it. And it kind of caught on to the band and the band started doing it and the university hated it. I don't know why they hated it. It was just, I guess they just have like the Dean from old school that just hates <laughs> Dean Pritchard was at Florida oh, State. And he just hated this, but the school hated it. And uh, I guess there was a time where the band wasn't allowed to do it, but the fans never stopped and it caught on and it kind of became a pop culture thing. And and once again, this this could be all wrong, but this is one of the best parts is uh, based off my, my cursory internet searches. To this day, the university still does not it, it, like officially recognize or accept this. That like, is so weird. The university still maintains the official stance of this is not something that we condone. I don't know what's bad about it, but it's just hilarious to me that the fraternities at Florida State, because I don't know why else you would go to Florida State, <laughs> uh, came up with this and they're just ignoring the school and there's been so many hollow threats throughout the years and it's just caught on and and one of the most iconic things about florida state and when you look at their traditions minus their dude you know spiking the spear into the ground and the university doesn't officially recognize it so i just think that's awesome and i i think you can't come up with anything more college football than the student section coming up with something and just forcing it into being a tradition, whether the university likes it or not. I, I agree. I think that's pretty awesome, but it makes no sense that the university has to recognize it when there's stuff like uh, LSU playing neck that is, that exists. So I, I'm, I'm just I, saying it could be Florida so much State. worse. Yeah. It's like like we're not talking, we're not talking like Yale shout out to Tyler here <laughs> where like it's a, the university has a proud historic tradition of, of producing presidents like this is, is florida state 
Yeah, yeah, they they they're not. Yeah, you're you're right. They're not producing world leaders. They're producing uh, girls gone wild videos. It's they're, not in Florida man headlines. <laughs> in Florida, yeah, it's Florida. What what did what did what did Florida State become this bastion of like uh, of like I don't know being being culturally like sensitive. See, but I don't even think it's that because like back in the eighties and nineties they were like, no, this isn't good. So I I really don't know. I couldn't find a, a good explanation, but yeah, that's, I, I love it now. Well, that is, yeah, that's, I, I love it too. I'm a, I'm a fan of this. Um, my number seven is kind of, it's kind of an obscure one. It's uh, the $2 bills at Clemson. Uh, for some reason, there's this tradition at Clemson where uh, alumni from Clemson will get to, like take these $2 bills and then stamp a little paw print on them and they'll trade them. Like if they go out of town and you meet a Clemson fan, and you start talking about Clemson, they'll just give you the $2 bill with a stamp, and it just kind of circulates around. So there are all these $2 bills with these little paw prints out there just floating around, uh, just floating around all over from places Clemson people go. So that's I think that's... really interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of cool. A little bit of a bummer that's only a $2 bill, because that's, I don't know, I feel like that's, a, that's rare enough. Um I don't even know where people get an ample supply of two dollar bills. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they all ended up in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, they they, they just they just hoarded them all in Clemson. I do know that that's a federal offense to do. They can't deface the money, but I mean, if that's <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 defacing money is a Clemson tradition. Then I guess. I, just just out here out here creating. <laughs> Just out, out here breaking the law. I, maybe, ooh. honestly, maybe that's how they pay the recruits. They're like, no, this isn't money. It has a Clemson stamp on it. <laughs> it's worthless now. We're just giving them this. This giving them money is our tradition. It's Clemson bucks. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm We're just not doing. Paying I, them. We're just giving them millions of two dollar bills to hand out. No, 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 no. no. We're we're just showing our tiger spirit. It, it's not. It's not nothing strange going on here. That's uh, funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. What's your number six? Okay, so my number six, and and I hate to do this, but I, I don't want to change my list. It's also a Clemson one. Um, this is a Clemson one that I've been big on for a while. Uh, it is the Clemson balloons that they used to release when they ran up over the hill. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it looked really cool on TV. I've never been in person, but it always looked really cool on TV. And I remember back in middle school when I really started to get into college football, uh, Clemson wasn't really relevant back then, but one of their big things was they always got super hyped up for their games. And they would always have big plays and then just never win, you know, because like the whole Clemsoning thing. Yeah. Um, but their intros were always super cool, running up over the hill with the balloons. So it, I guess it originated um, with a, one of their student body presidents wanted to kind of increase the uh, the popularity of Clemson football back when when televised college football nationwide was kind of becoming a thing. So he goes to the AD and he says, hey, I think we can break the Guinness World Record for largest simultaneous balloon launch. So they gather up and do come up with a plan for it and basically come up with, hey, we're going to do this on our homecoming, I believe. And they do a full, like, Oklahoma State-level homecoming <laughs> thing where the whole student body spends all their free time just filling balloons this whole week. Um, which, 
sounds more impressive when I say that, when I tell you that in an entire week, they only filled around 300,000 balloons. That doesn't sound that impressive to me because that means everyone did like three. But yeah. <laughs> oh well, yeah, um, they, they 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 cheated by adding more balloons per person. Yeah, so they they release the balloons when they come up over the hill for the first time, and it they release and and spread kind of perfectly, and it causes a small eclipse over the field, and it it almost blacks out the sun. Is a, is a direct quote from someone in the press box that I'm sure was trying to hype up everyone that wasn't there and couldn't call him on his lies. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but it, it looked really cool, and uh, they've, they've continued to do it, and they stopped uh, fairly recently for, for obvious environmental reasons. You can't just be releasing hundreds of thousands of balloons into the air every week, especially Clemson is in an area where there's a lot of swamps, a lot of fragile ecosystems that were really being negatively impacted by all these orange balloons that were popping up. So they cut it off, I, I think for good reason, but it's a tradition that, that will always live on is, is something that I think is really cool. So hopefully in the future they can replace it with like a laser show or something. Yeah. I don't know. So, but... so Clemson's traditions are defacing uh, federal property and, um, and uh, ruining the yeah. environmental destruction. <laughs> they, they, they also apparently... <laughs> And pizza also, parties. And pizza parties. The pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and over laboring poor the poor, poor people who have to make those pizzas all yeah. at once. And they, they also have a tradition where they rush the field every game. Like the win or lose, they all rush the field and meet it meet it in the paw print. So oh, yeah. defa- so they deface they deface government property, um, ruin the environment, and uh also trespass on their own field. I'm not sure how I feel about the rushing the field thing. I if that's been a thing for, I don't know when Clemson first started playing football, but if that's been a thing like back to the fifties, then I probably support it because it's it's one of those things that it's it's old enough. But I think it's a Dabo thing. That, if they've started that like anywhere from the eighties to present, that's just trash. No, I, I that's that's like a Dabo thing. Like it started. Oh since yeah, Dabo that's, took that's over. just trash. Then. It's so lame. Clemson people. <laughs> They are one of the most lame fan bases. I just, I, I, I can't stand them for some reason. That orange ball just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. Well, they also, their fight song at the end, they, they spell out Clemson and then have this pause between the O and the N. So it's C-L-E-M-S-O-N. And I'm just like, it's, and they only play that song, which Ironic coming from an OU fan, but yeah, <laughs> the pot is calling the kettles band annoying. Currently. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's like, yeah, I I have no leg to stand on there. But um, okay, my number six, not exactly a, an obscure one, but it's uh, Auburn rolling the tumors corner oaks. Uh, man, we, we we almost we lost this one briefly when an Alabama fan uh, poisoned them. <laughs> he killed the tree. He killed, hey, Paul, I killed the tree. I, 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 I pumped it full of poison, Paul. They, they, they put they put a Cam Newton jersey on on Old Bell Bryant statue, Paul. <laughs> that that, I, that was that was the funniest part. It it came in reaction to them just putting a jersey on on Bear Bryant statue. It's like it just means more. 
It it just means more. <laughs> just a Big mean- 12 fan would not understand why putting a jersey on a statue equals something has to die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just murder these trees. <laughs> like, I just it's it's one of the most baffling things like overreaches of all time and uh, honestly it 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 shows just how good that rivalry is I I guess it's I don't know I I just can't imagine spending that much money and then obviously going to prison for a while <laughs> just because just because they they put Cam Newton's jersey on Barry Bryant like being I that I remember seeing a clip of a fan that was crying because the tree was killed. There 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 are two types of people who will cry about a dead tree. Hardcore environmentalists and SEC football fans. There there's a there's a thin middle demographic in that Venn diagram. And I am by no means advocating the murder of innocent traditional trees, but that's a little much. <laughs> a little hardcore. A little hardcore or Harvey Updike, which yeah. that that is that is that is the 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 day they gave that child its name. Like when he when he when he came out, it's a baby, it's a boy. What were we gonna is that name? The guy's Harvey name? Updike. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey Harvey Updike is the name of a man who is going to poison a tree one day. Like they predestined <laughs> that kid to poison that tree. It, it was over Every, the second they everything named. Everything led to that moment. Every yeah, it, it was just like they, they. It was probably on his birth certificate. They're just like, just watch out for this guy around <laughs> around a couple old oaks. He might get a little crazy here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's, it's a fun tradition where they throw toilet paper over trees and over the trees after an uh, Auburn win or anything significant. Um, but really, I, I think I think their legend has been bolstered more by the fact that they were murdered. <laughs> <laughs> it's they, like all they, the rappers, all the rappers that weren't any good until they get murdered, and then they're they're legends. <laughs> it, yeah, it, the Tumor Oaks are the XX tenation of of uh, <laughs> college football traditions. <laughs> I hear about this guy, then he dies, and he's all over. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna make a movie on him." I'm like, "Ooh, who?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and people are like. Hey, not to divert here, but not people are like all upset about him. I'm like, well, this guy was kind of a jerk, from what I understand. Like, speeding up his girlfriend all the time. Like, why are we? Why are we sad about this man? Yeah, that that is, that that is way off topic. Anyways, <laughs> number five. <laughs> all right, my number five. This is a uh, a really neat one, a really unique one that I think. Um, so it's it's the Tecumseh statue at the Naval Academy. So. Little backstory. Um, there, there's a statue at the Naval Academy, um, kind of in what is their South Oval area, the area that you have to walk through from uh, from the dorm because there's only one to where all the academic buildings are. And it was a uh, came off of a an old Civil War ship, and it was actually, and I forget his name, and for some reason I didn't think it was relevant to write it down, uh, but a, a chief of the 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 Delaware Indians who uh, was kind of legendary in the area around Annapolis where the Naval Academy was made. Yeah. Um, but the Naval Academy students, I guess, didn't care to learn that or to read the plaque. So they all assumed that it was the fairly famous Native American warrior poet uh, Tecumseh. So 
they just started calling it that. And it was originally a wooden statue. It got replaced with a, a bronze replica. And when they put the bronze one in, they just didn't even bother to put in whatever the dude's actual name was because they didn't care. They were just going to call it the Cubs anyways. So, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but the tradition with it is um, they, uh, they paint it uh, in war paints right before the Army-Navy game. So each, each year, the class is painted. It's a unique paint job every year, and it's something that, that all the students look forward to, and, and they look forward to creating their, their own unique paint job um, whether it's you know red, white, and blue with stars, or it's blue and yellow with their colors, or it's it's themed after you know a centennial or some significant event, they always paint it. Um, and then throughout the week, the players and the students, as they go past it, uh, they wish they wish luck um, on the statue. They they kind of pray to the statue, sort of. They leave pennies on the the base of the statue is good luck for exams or uh, they salute it with with their left hand because you salute with your right hand so they salute it with their left hand that's like the traditional greeting or, or worship of tecumseh and um that's it's just something that that is unique to them and i i think it's a unique college football tradition because it you know it's mixing the students and the academics and uh their their football team and it's a it's a neat old school style tradition in my opinion i like that a lot yeah yeah it is of note to comes is also called the the god of 2.0 because that is the passing grade point average there and this is a uh i'm reading this directly from a website 2.0 the passing grade point average at the academy and a popular gpa for the 20 to 25 percent of graduates who will go on to become marines so yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that's that uh, it's a popular GPA. That's yeah. That, that's hilarious, and I, I I imagine it's just brutally hard to do just everything everything that it entails to do. Um, you know, to be at the Naval Academy or West Point, or West Point for that matter. And I, I it always baffles me how people can also add football into that, like playing so, a yeah, sport. That's... That's, I think, part of the, the thing with the statue is that it would be hard for a, a state university student to understand is these guys are in, guys and girls are in, like, a, in 1800s, like, boarding school scenario. Like, they have no freedom. They wake up at five every morning, um, and they have breakfast all at once, like Hogwarts with everyone there. They go to their classes. They have lunch all at once with everyone there. They have dinner all at once with everyone there. They have mandatory exercise hours, mandatory study hours, and they get, depending on your class, you know, what what grade you're in, 30 minutes to an hour of free time every day, which is also when you would be showering and, and you know, doing whatever else you need to do to get ready for the next day. And uh, I want to say only seniors can have their phones. So the all these people know is is sailing and their academics and this this statue is kind of their outlet and their creative outlet and where they can kind of have fun with things. It, so it's like, it's like Hogwarts, but the whimsy is replaced with hardcore discipline. Yeah, I mean, not too much. This is the Naval Academy, so it's not... Oh, true, yeah, true. <laughs> true, true, it's true. It's more like, I don't... The level of discipline you would expect from, like... I don't know. But it's... <laughs> yeah, shout it, out, it's still a Shout lot, out to Boat School. Yeah, shout out to Boat School, the the official name. The official name, it's Boat School. (laughs) 
Oh goodness! All right, uh, my number five is um, it's it's post game country roads at West Virginia. After every win, the entire crowd sticks around, no matter if it's a blowout, if it's if it's a narrow loss, whatever. Everyone everyone stays, and, and a lot of people have these. Everyone stays till the whatever. But country roads is it's always special because it's one of those songs that just sounds better with a, an, an enormous amount of people singing it. Um, from the heart. From the heart, too, yeah. It's because it's a song that, like, I like, but, you know, it's just a general, like, hey, I'm coming home. Like, that's nice. But for these people, it's got to be, it's got to get them hyped if, if it's a song specifically about their home. The best that we have is, you know, Oklahoma, which is just, like, it's nice and all. I, I, lo- I Don't get me wrong. I love Oklahoma. I will fight for Oklahoma any day. I love that, love that song. But, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't feel doesn't have that that from the heart feel that no, country wrote. That. There's a definite trend towards the awesomeness of like a folksy country song about your state being a tradition. Like, like with Dixieland Delight and with Country Roads, it is unfortunate that Oklahoma doesn't have a a good song. I mean, you could really really stretch out and change around maybe like Oki from Muskogee and kind of change it into an OU song, but there's nothing that just fits. The, I, I guess, like, I've never been to Spain kind of works, you know, just because of the part where it's, well, I've never been to heaven, but I've been to Oklahoma. And that's, yeah. like, it. But, I, like, that's it's it. It's not the same. No, it's not, because, I mean, you, with, with country goods, people, these people, you get to scream, West Virginia! Like as yeah. loud as possible. It, that it, it's 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 the perfect perfect state song right there. And it's apparently a great it's not. Song. Oh yeah, no. There's it, a, reason, there's a yeah. reason Baker sings it all the time. Yeah, and and there's a reason <laughs> it's so. It, there's a reason why it's so fun to mockingly sing after you beat West Virginia. Yeah. So I, I I I'm so bummed. I had two great opportunities now that have been squandered to go to OU West Virginia games. Uh, so we'll see. There's always the future, I guess. Yeah, I still need to make it out there. So it, that, hey, that could, Maybe be, next that could one. be fun. We'll, Maybe we'll next one. The next one, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, all right, what's your number four? All right, it's so my number four. Breaking into the top four, I had a, a special one here for number four that I, I don't think deserves the top three. Um, and this is one of my lesser known ones. This is a little bit of a stretch, but bear with me here. It's, it's going to be so worth it. So my number four, this is not technically a tradition, but I think that you can kind of stretch the definition. So my number four tradition is the tradition of Japan college football teams (laughs) having hilarious names if you translate them to english <laughs> so, oh yes yes so educate these people I, I have a list of some names here and this is so this started out as me trying to make myself seem more intelligent than i am and i was like <laughs> oh i'm gonna blow everyone's minds by naming a japan college football tradition to show my superior knowledge that there is college football in japan but they don't. I couldn't find any traditions, but all these team names are hilarious. So this is, uh, this is a, a short list of some funny names. So I'm gonna butcher the towns. I don't know if we have any listeners that speak Japanese or are familiar with town names. Probably not. But there is only two that I'm confident with. Uh, but the rest, I'm 
probably going to butcher, but the team names are are gold. So my first one <laughs> is the uh, KUO Unicorns, uh, which which is funny. Uh, don't worry, I'm just getting warmed up with these names. Oh boy, but, uh, I'm excited. It's just very Japanese. It, like it's just I imagine that their their mascot is like anime, and their uniforms are probably like pink and cotton candy colors. I don't know. I just pulled up a Wikipedia page with all the names, but that's that's a good one. So okay, next yeah. one is the Tohoku Gaikun Kayaks. The kayaks? <laughs> kayaks. Like a, like a like boat like or a boat. travel website? Yeah. So I don't know how they're, they're intimidating people with their kayaks. I could see this coming from like a small Colorado school, but, but that's a pretty good one. So They're taking the PJ Fleck row the boat thing too far. I guess. Yeah, I, and, and I hope. I, I hope so much that the student section includes, you know, a small student that's in a kayak and is hoisted every time they score. <laughs> but I, I don't know if Japan college football is at that level, but just naming a team kayaks and thinking that that's cool or intimidating is just funny to me. <laughs> so next one we have is the Hiroshima raccoons. I don't know if raccoons what? have like a significance in Japan but I just imagine them rummaging through the schedule for wins. They're the type of team that like schedules a, a like a six and seven or like a six and seven D two team to try to make the, make a bowl. Like, get, like get bowl this, year's, this year's Oklahoma state team could be characterized <laughs> as the raccoons. <laughs> yeah. Like they're just rascally. They're just doing their own thing. It doesn't really make any sense. Might have rabies. Soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, so the next team is the Conan Red Gang. Um, oh, 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 oh. Th- would not work here. What's up? That would not work here. No, so I, and this is what's funny. I th- there's a town in Japan called Conan, and it's named after like an anime character. And I think that this is actually that town. And they're the Red Gang, not Red Gangs, just they're the Red Gang. I'm sure there's a Yakuza like connection there. But yeah, that is a team name that would not fit in America. Oh no! In Japan, they love it. Uh, love- next one. Next one. Uh, they took the whole "let's make this intimidating" too far, and they were really bad at it. They Karoom Mean Fighters. <laughs> in their defense, their name might be significantly more intimidating in Japanese. I don't know, but. <laughs> the in mean... English, they're just the mean fighters. <laughs> they're just a little mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next one. This one's just hilarious. I think they would kill with recruiting here in America. And they could have some awesome uniforms. The Kyoto Gangsters. Okay, just... that's nice. The team name is just the Gangsters. <laughs> that's funny I... to me. This... I, they they need to just have like a like a like a Tony Soprano like a like a Tony Soprano suit just hanging out in the yeah, uh, sideline. Yeah, off and like the the head coach needs to be in a really bad pinstripe suit <laughs> with a rose on his lapel, a little, a little fedora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness! The uh, a... the next one is the Raikulu Seahorse. Not seahorses, just singular seahorses, <laughs> which is funny to me. <laughs> just, just one singular seahorse. Which I imagine, like, at the end of practices, like, they get together and they all put their hands in and they're like, 
We are seahorse. <laughs> With our powers combined, we form the strength of a singular seahorse. Yeah, that's that's it. Like a tiny little animal that is known for hiding and the male giving birth. And they thought that's what our team needs to be. This is the unifying force for our for our team. But we just one. Run. Only An one, not a pack. It is them. known for its pack mentality and teamwork. <laughs> but they're like, no, we just want one. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. All right, I got two more. These are my favorite two. All right. Um, this next one I think is hilarious because the town name fits it too. The Yamaguchi Gamblers just sounds like they're out there going for it on every fourth down. They're always faking the punt. Like, just oh the God. gamblers sounds like a team that would be coached by carefree post-retirement Bob Stoops. And he only shows up three days a week and not on game days. And then everyone else is just gambling from there. It, it just, it just, it's bearded Bob Stoops with assistant coach Blake Crawley. I, the Yamaguchi gamblers have got to be the Japanese Blue Mountain State. They have to be. Like, you, you, they have to reek of alcohol. <laughs> Be betting on their own games, throwing their own games to regain their losses. Like, oh, definitely, yeah. No, they're they're def- they've definitely thrown a couple games, you, and you can't blame them. They straight up told you, you know, they're like, "Well, we're the gamblers, you know, we, <laughs> you know, we got money on it." Like, <laughs> you shouldn't have put money on us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then the last one is hilarious to me. It's also kind of funny in a historical context, in kind of a messed up way. Uh, the Kochi. United States Marine Corps. Wait, no, you're you're kidding me. What? No, no, this <laughs> Japanese college that is known as like an A and M type school because I tried to find as much info as I could. All their degrees are in like agriculture and stuff, and they've named their football team United States Marine Corps <laughs> in English. That's like what? Is that like stolen? That's stolen valor right there. I guess I don't. It's it's weird to me that a Japanese school would name themselves that, especially know, because Japan has so many like lo, like fighting units. Like you, know, you could be the samurai, samurai you could ninjas. Be, yeah, there there you have, you have a wide canon to select for, and you pick the U.S. Marine Corps. I know it's it's really funny. My only <laughs> assumption is that someone had like a connection. You know, like there's like a Canadian team that's named the Sooners. Yeah. Because they're named after OU because the person was an OU fan. Yeah. That's my only assumption is that someone was a Marine or thought that the Marines were cool. I don't know. The but thing yeah. that's funny to me that's... is they aren't like, they're just not like the town name Marines or the United States Marine Corps. <laughs> they're straight yeah. up specific. Yeah. They could just be the Aggies. Like they're an AM school. I don't know what's wrong with the Aggies, but. <laughs> yeah. I... Beats me. Wow. That, well, that is. <laughs> That's absolutely hilarious. I, I love that. Yep. Now you guys are educated on Japan college football. Okay. Yeah. A little little galaxy brain meme here. Uh, people keep wanting uh, NCAA football 14 back. I want a Japanese football video game. Oh, yeah. Go Seahorse. Singular. Go Seahorse. Go, go Singular. <laughs> I would, no, I would, pay, I would pay to play some Japanese college football on a video game. So. Uh, you know what? I would – you know what I pay so much for? What? Japan college football NCAA mascot mode. Oh yes! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just, what, would you, just, what would you do you with a seahorse? There would just be one seahorse. Seahorses, a literal kayak. The United States Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah. 
goodness. Hey, you, you could finally be in a you could finally be in a, a football game. A I know football. I could make it in NCAA. Exactly, I love it. <laughs> All right, back to back to uh, good old American college football. My number four, a uh, little obscure one, but I think it's pretty fun. It's the Wabash Cannonball by Kansas State. This is uh, one of the one of the weirder things I've ever seen, but it has a great story. So, uh, back in like I think it might have been the fifties or the forties, uh, the Friday night before a football game, the Kansas State band department building burnt to the ground, and that meant all of their uh, all of their you know sheet music gone. So, except for one single song called the Wabash Cannonball, <laughs> which is I guess a song about hobos riding a train. I don't really know. <laughs> Um, so they're like, well, I guess we got to play the Wabash Cannonball t- tomorrow. So the entire game, they only played the one song and the students kind of liked it. And, uh, ever since then they've, they've started, they play it at like, it, it's basically their de facto fight song. And when they play it, the entire crowd, uh, or the student section from one side to the other, one person goes forward and then the other two to the right go back and, or you know, and vice versa, and people just freak out, flipping back and forth. And it's just, it's a wild scene because these people don't have much to get excited about, especially nowadays. But whenever the Wabash Cannonball goes on, they just go nuts, like like a, like a bunch of like a bunch of twenty year olds who just <laughs> discovered acid. It's wild, like, like Blake when he hears the TCU song. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But th- but this one, it's like with the TCU kids, they they all look like they don't want to be there. These kids go nuts. And uh, that's awesome. It, it's it's funny too because the song's kind of the the song's really catchy. It's it's now actually stuck in my head just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I'll have to look it, it up when we're done. Yeah, it's 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 kind of it's kind of it's kind of silly sounding. It just goes anyways. It's fantastic. What's your number three? All right, so my number three, all all the jokes are done for me these are these are like really neat traditions that i to my core think are just amazing unparalleled and uniquely college football so at number three and this is this is really hard probably the only reason it's down here is um i really don't know but it like my top three are all pretty much interchangeable the university of washington sailgate yes when they play at home the harbor fills up with all kinds of boats. They have charter boats that you can pay to do this. People's luxury yachts, smaller vessels, people on rowboats, people on little kayaks. Everyone goes out there because their stadium is open on one side to, I guess it's actually called Husky Harbor. And from the water, you can look into the stadium and you can see the games. And it is just an amazing atmosphere. They're surrounded by mountains on on three sides and then the stadium to their front i know i'm sure you've seen it on tv it's just if for whatever reason you haven't seen it on tv everyone please go look it up it is just tremendous and it it is definitely a bucket list thing for me i don't care who they're playing i want to go and participate in the sailgate at washington for at least one game it's just awesome yeah, no, it, it's it's fantastic, and the thing is, there are a lot of a lot of schools have kind of sailgating where they'll do it on a river, but Washington's the only one I know of that has like a full like kind of lake sort of thing where there's yeah. there's plenty of room. Yeah, there's there is 
ample room and they they um they're very courteous about it like the they go and and set it up and and if you're in you know one man kayak then you get to go to the front like the people with the big yachts know like hey we park in the back because we can see over everyone washington has a uh, a video board i guess that is intentionally designed to where you can see it so you can see the score and the replays um and they put speakers on the on the water line so you can hear the the in-stadium commentary or listen to it on the radio um and it's just it's just awesome they allow drinking out there but i mean you're on your own boat um and it's just super cool and i did see that a couple other schools kind of do that i think tennessee maybe does something like that yeah but, tennessee uh, has has a river uh baylor has a river yeah but it's baylor's is more like a little creek because no one has blue water surrounded by mountains on three sides it exactly breathtaking it's it's really cool it's definitely a bucket list thing and and uh uniquely college football yeah that's a, that's something I've, I've always wanted to do and i'm i'm definitely down for that um my next one I guess, I guess I just really decided to go all in on the band traditions because my number three is Rocky Top, uh, Tennessee's fight song. Um, yeah, it's it's not their official fight song, but uh, it basically is. Uh, much in the same vein as Boomer Sooner, they play it every chance <laughs> they get. It it's an absolute earworm, but I love it. Um, and I, I think, and, and much like the uh, West Virginia thing. Uh, there's a portion of the song where the entire crowd sings um, a like a very tiny part. Like the band will even actually be kind of quiet for it's it's the part where they go good old Rocky Top, woo Rocky Top, Tennessee. And I, I, I one of my biggest regrets is not going to the OU Tennessee game my my sophomore year where Baker led that crazy crazy comeback. Um, oh yeah. And, and thankfully, OU gets a chance to uh, play West or uh, play Tennessee again uh, in a couple years, going back to Neyland Stadium. And I intend to make I intend to make that trip because you know, hundred hundred ten crazy you know moonshiners, you know, sounds pretty awesome to me. Honestly, yeah. I, I'm hyped up for that. Yeah, I I love that tradition too because it's like Tennessee doesn't have a lot else going on right now, but they still fill up the stadium and everyone still pours their heart out to the song, which I think is super cool. And you don't really see in other fan bases outside of college football. Exactly. And one of my funny, funny, funny note about the actual song tennis at uh, Rocky top. There's a, there's, there's a lyric in the song that basically suggests that uh, Rocky top is a, is a, it's a moon, it's a moonshine thing. Um, I'm going to read the ly- lyrics right now. Uh, <laughs> Once two strangers climbed on Rocky Top looking for a moonshine sill. Strangers didn't come down from Rocky Top. I reckon they never will. <laughs> so so they're like, oh, got, got to love suggesting the murder of federal agents looking for... Yeah. For your, <laughs> don't for, don't for go your, looking for something. Don't, 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 go, don't go looking for, 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 uh, for, for moonshine. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty my, funny. Yeah, pretty great. Um, all right, number two. All right, so my number two, this is one that I, I know is going to make the top five for both of us, and I ended up getting it. It is Colorado's live mascot, Ralphie the Buffalo. Uh, I just think it's super cool. 
it's the buffalo is kind of a an animal that it symbolizes America as a whole to outsiders. It, it used to be on a coin, and I feel really dumb for not knowing. I think it was a nickel. Um, and uh, it, it's known across America as kind of a symbol of, of the American West. And uh, I know people from Oklahoma, everyone has seen a buffalo or is familiar with buffalo and, and the symbolism of the buffalo. Um, and it's just really neat. Uh, I did not know. I learned in, in my research that Ralphie the buffalo is actually a female um, because they are smaller and less aggressive. And huh. an actual Colorado's website says, and this is a direct quote, female bison are used because they are smaller and less aggressive. This is for insurance reasons. <laughs> this is for <laughs> insurance reasons. Yeah. So oh my I, gosh. Which I think they, they're like, we're not sexist. It's, it's insurance. Um, but they have, uh, you know, Ralphie has a dedicated team of handlers that are, are students, but they're, they're trained and they're taught how to judge the mood of Ralphie and ensure that she is in a good mood and not, not spooked or not, you know, threatened because it's still a Buffalo and very difficult to corral and could cause a danger. So, the, uh, the people that you see running with Ralphie when you see her out running are not just like the uh, the roughnecks. They're people that are out there and, and they're monitoring Ralphie and ensuring that she's having a good time and that everything is safe, um, which is cool. And then she's held in a secret location so that people don't harass or harm her, uh, which is good because, you know, people can get carried away and like kill a tree like this is still a live animal. And just, you know, don't pranks with the live mascots are not cool. Everyone like leave, leave people's live animals alone. So, yeah, but I just think that, that Ralphie the Buffalo is, is awesome. They've had several iterations and I feel really bad in my research for not knowing which number Ralphie this is, but yeah, I think live mascots is a whore neat and this is the coolest of all, in my opinion. Exactly. I, I think there's really a no contest when it comes to it because Buffalo, they're, they're just, they're, they're, there's something about a Buffalo that's different than even like a cow like yeah. or, or a tiger. Like those are kind of commonplace, but you know, Buffaloes are... You're a common house tiger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a common tiger. You know, <laughs> your standard tiger. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I love I love how uh, how Ralphie just kind of he kind of runs, and the people the the, the handlers just kind of have to keep up with him and slowly dictate yeah. where he goes, uh, or she where she goes. Um, and I think I think a lot of the reason why you have to you people can't kidnap Ralphie is because it's a danger to them. I would not want to even mess with trying to take down a a, a little I, buffalo. If- if I were tasked with kidnapping a live mascot, Ralphie would have to be way near the bottom of the list. Like I, I'm talking. I would rather go after Mike the Tiger before I started going after Ralphie. Baylor's bears. Baylor has two bears, and I wouldn't want to go after him. I think. I think the one that would be the easiest would be uh, Ugga the Bulldog. It's not even a fast. I, the easiest. The easiest, and this is proven, is Navy's Build a Goat. Army takes that thing. <laughs> Like every other year, <laughs> like they, 
Navy does everything they can, and that thing constantly gets taken. <laughs> How do you lose a goat? How do you give up a goat? <laughs> so the the thing the thing with Bill the goat, and this was a it got really bad in the the early two thousands was the like Navy is like everyone kind of likes like the football team and and the Marine Corps, you know, we kind of cheer for Navy, but at Army, like the entire Army thinks that West Point is their football team, so they literally had like special forces dudes leaving Fayetteville, North Carolina and hunting around Maryland for the goat and using like their equipment and everything to conduct a raid and kidnap Bill the goat. And Jesus. things just got out of hand. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> that is that is toned down, but the students because it wasn't students, that was the issue. Is like yeah. the army was trying to figure out like how to like we've had these our students on lockdown. Like how do they keep stealing the goat from under our noses? And it was all these guys from Fayetteville, North Carolina, that would take the goat and drive it up to West Point. Oh my gosh, that's incredible! So it was just it was just a bunch of special yeah. forces taking the easiest mascot to kidnap if you had to build a goat. I think a lot of that has to do with the amount of resources. Not and it's not a goat. Uh, it's real. Anyone can control a goat. Yeah, it's a it's a goat. That's 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 an easy animal to kind of kind of deal with. It yeah. just kind of sits like there. You could, you could just grab a goat and like throw it in your trunk, and it'd be fine. Like you you gotta like take care of like Auburn's eagle. Like you gotta account for like the predator, like the predator animals, like Mike the tiger, like the bears. The buffalo would just be impossible. Yeah, the because buffalo would be the hardest because it's unruly. It's a buffalo. Yeah, I I think I think Vivo would be pretty hard just because of the size, the absolute. I'm in awe of the absolute size I of that lad. I feel like Vivo would be easy because there's so many people in that area that have knowledge in cattle wrangling. That's true. Again, I stand by the fact that the easiest would be Ugga because he's a slow bulldog. If if uh, I mean I'm true. yeah if if Army had a had an intense rivalry with Georgia, that I don't think they'd give the dog back. Oh yeah, Ugga or or Billy. Mississippi State has a bulldog as well. In any bulldog. So that that also goes for Yale's handsome Dan, which is a great name for a bulldog. I feel uh, like I feel like Yale's is either significantly easier to kidnap, like they just assume that there's like a gentlemanly no touching of the mascots rule. <laughs> or it's guarded like the Declaration of Independence and National Treasure. I don't know. It's it's one or the other. We'll get Tyler <laughs> drunk and, and question him about the security around the bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it sounds like a plan to me. All right, <laughs> moving moving on to my number two. Uh, we t- you, you mentioned it earlier. It, it's uh, Chief Osceola's uh, spear plant at Florida State. Just just the whole atmosphere with the you know the war chant and the chop going, and then I don't know riding a riding a horse a Palomino horse right to the middle, just throwing a flaming spear down the middle. That that has yeah. to be. There's no way that scene is not electric, and it's officially sanctioned. It it is officially <laughs> sanctioned, which is the only con I can think of, is the fact that the university <laughs> That's agrees a downside, with it. Downside, yeah. Downside, huge downside. All right, moving on to number one. What's your number one? Right, my number one. This was always in my top three, and it's the one that I've experienced personally. So it had to take the number one for me. It is tailgating at the Grove in Oxford, Mississippi for Ole Miss. So uh, I'll just read off some facts. It's roughly 100,000 fans every time they do it, uh, which is is very believable. It is just a a beautiful tent city. 
of red, white, and blue tents. Um, you know, like the little tailgate pop-up tents that are set up, trash cans everywhere. Everyone dresses up in their like Sunday best to go out. And and I'm not talking like the little novelty, like you know, at OU girls wear like novelty like outfits and stuff. Like these people are in nice, expensive, like Sunday clothes. They'll change before the game, but the girls will be in heels. The guys are all in, in dress shoes and in a, a suit and tie. Well, like a blazer and tie. It's just, it's amazing. Like the, the food, you know, you got catered Chick-fil-A. You got all sorts of just Southern home-cooked comfort food that's there and it's open. And it's just a huge family atmosphere. Just the whole state of Mississippi is just so small compared to, you know, a lot of other states. And it's really, it's, you got Southern Mississippi, shout out to Brett Favre, but it's, it's really cut right down the middle between state and Ole Miss. And, um, everybody knows like you can't walk, you know, cause I only lived there for a couple of years and, and even now I couldn't walk through a tailgate at Oxford for more than a couple minutes without running into dozens of people that I know. That's so, so cool. It's, it's just a huge family atmosphere. You know, all the kids are out tossing the football, the families are hanging out and, and talking and um you know everyone's drinking they're drinking the and i don't remember what's in it but the hottie toddy which is their champ but it's also their their signature drink um it's just it's an awesome atmosphere and it, it's really unrivaled yeah um, no it's, it's it's a bucket list for me you know you got the bourbon and the lemon juice and the hot toddy yeah no it's it's amazing and i'll definitely have to take you sometime but it's it's super cool and um they got they got the best catch line for it that just kind of acknowledges Ole Miss football's perpetual state, um, which not the scandals because that's there's always we could do a whole other podcast on their eccentric Ooh. coaches and everything, but they're uh, <laughs> kind of their main saying. Shout out to Houston Nut. Um, <laughs> we, we 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 should just do it do it like a little like a special podcast uh, series, kind of like uh, like serial or something. Yeah. Just Looking into looking into Hugh Freeze and Houston yeah. Nut. I say I say Houston Nut because I he would wonder the tailgates before the games. Like oh, I, I didn't know who he was because I didn't care because I was in middle school, but I I met him there at one point. But um, yeah, so they and the coolest saying they always say we may not win every game, but we never lost a party. Um, it's just you know it's a big party school, and it's like I can't speak to enough just the tremendous family just southern hospitality college football to the max atmosphere that is the grove that i'm all in on that that sounds like that sounds just really fun to me um my number one yet again uh this is one of one of the coolest traditions in college football i've had the pleasure of seeing this myself uh script ohio at ohio state um this is just this super old band formation that they do every Every game, no matter what, home and away, where they um, the the band will do this really complicated um, technique where they all bunch towards the top and slowly march out a full fully cursive Ohio, and it uh, it culminates with the famous dotting of the I, where um, the Ohio State drum major will like take this tuba player and follow him around. They'll like. Uh, just kind of put him down at the uh, top of the lowercase I and uh, 
it's it's always a senior uh, senior tuba player, always a big deal, and that place gets loud for this tuba guy, and he does this little bow. It's it's awesome. It's yeah. it's one of the coolest things I've seen in person in college football. I got I got to put it up there. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that I think I think that's that, that's that's my list. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's I remember seeing the special on game day for their senior day about how much it meant for this this tuba player to to dot the i and it, i think it's i think it's really neat it's an awesome one and it's kind of like the super bowl for for band people i think if you're really into band you kind of grow up wanting to go to ohio state the ohio state and, uh, exactly the, the best band. damn band in the land is what they call yeah. it yeah it's really cool yeah and uh Oh, I, I was I was I was going to put at number one uh, perpetual mediocrity at Texas, but that's oh just. My, wait, I have some funny honorable mentions too. Actually. Yes, yeah, yeah. Let's get them. Second, let's, I'll let's just get them in. Let's get them in. So, uh, USC's Trojan, like like planting the sword in the field, I think is cool. It's kind of redundant with the Florida State, and I don't want to give USC any positive light because I don't think they deserve it. Shout Definitely not. Forth. Shout out for trash. Um, other honorable mentions for traditions: SMU blaming their mediocrity on a punishment from like the seventies. I don't even know when that happened, like the eighties, I guess. They've had yeah. enough time to get. If you were going to be good, you've had enough time. Like, get over it. Um, <laughs> the Blue Mountain State victory riot, technically not real, but it was a big part of my middle school experience. Was watching Te- Blue Mountain State. Technically not real. Yeah, but then again, there's a lot of like, I don't know. The Florida State chop is technically not real, so that's true. (laughs) That is Uh, true. And then my last one on the honorable mentions, Miami's turnover chain. I know it's trash, but they were the first ones to do it, and it just fits their overall theme. So everyone else doing a turnover something, absolute garbage. Miami doing a turnover chain the very first time they did it was so Miami awesome loved it they've kind of run it into the grounds and everyone else has ruined it like the wildcat but of course it, the, it, first it, one, the first one I think was worthy but the fact that they've done it and everyone else has ruined it bumped it down to honorable mentions that's that's fair sad, sad story but you know that's just how how that goes all right I have a couple honorable mentions uh SMU's mascot uh Peruna I I, I love it because it's um it has apparently killed multiple other mascots because it is it a it, horse? What is it? It's a tiny horse. It's it's Peruna. It's a little mini horse. Uh, I call it the <laughs> SMU. I, I call it the I call it the SMU. I call it the SMU murder horse because uh, <laughs> because on multiple at one point it uh, kicked Colorado State's ram in the head and oh, murdered it. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that's. What, Time out. That's that's got to bump up to the number one on mascots. I would not want to kidnap. Listen, do you do not want to mess with the murder horse? <laughs> I would. Yeah, it, that I agree. Um, it it once kicked Bevo over at one point. Nice. It, it just keeps kicking things. It, it's it, it, it's oh it's a little God. badass. It, it it's not even like a like a real horse. It's it's honestly just a pony. That's so funny. <laughs> I, so I'm I'm a big fan of the murder horse. Uh, I. <laughs> Iowa State and their uh, 6 a.m. chili at Tip Top Lounge. That's an honorable mention. Shout out. Shout out Iowa State. Um, 
Yeah, and then and then I'm gonna go with uh, Texas A&M for their bizarre dog worshiping. Uh, uh, I hate A&M. It, they're, they're the worst. I, it's the whole thing. The whole place is just creepy. I never a fan. Whenever I went there, there's just something about it that feels like a compound. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we, we can't end on A&M, so I got to throw this one in. It wasn't old enough to make the list based off our ten year rule, but I was waved to the children's hospital. Awesome. Yeah, that is incredible. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the wave. It, you you really can't be not a fan of that. Yeah, like you would have to be a real jerk to be like, oh, like I don't want to see these kids waving. No, that made their day. So, yeah, we'll we'll end on something. We'll end on the Iowa wave. Um, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Well, Ty, thank you for joining me on this inaugural edition. I'm sure we'll talk more throughout yeah, the uh, off season. Me. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. So for me and Ty, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed us talking about college football traditions for an hour and 15 minutes. But hey, it's pretty fun. So we'll see you next time uh, on Off the Wagon, a Schooner Pod production.